Hey y'all, Tracery here with Picture Me Living and new recording, you guys. Super excited. Are you guys excited to hear my voice? It's been a minute. I'm going to tell you why in a second. So drink of the hour is coffee. It is coffee because it's the middle of the day and I recorded an episode last night. I listened to it to edit it. I did not like how it flowed. And one thing that I've learned with doing this podcast is I have to enjoy the episode so that you guys can enjoy the episode. You guys enjoy the episodes that I love listening to. So I said, no, I got to I got to redo this. But I don't feel like having an alcoholic beverage right now. So (laughs) I'm drinking coffee. And I pray that this flows a lot better. So the reason why it's also been a while is because I want the conversation to come natural. I don't want the conversation to be forced. I want you guys to look forward to it. We got a really good audience right now. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing. Please comment on the YouTube. I'm not up here making these videos for nothing. I need y'all to comment, share the YouTube so we can get those numbers up. And uh, work on some advertisement so that I can finally get paid for doing this. Thank y'all, though, for listening. For real, for real. Like, it really means a lot. If you follow me on Instagram, you will see that I recently posted a comparison from August, September, and October. And October was through the roof, you guys. Like. October was three times the listeners than August and like two times the listeners from September. And also it's a quality over quantity type thing, which is why I'm giving myself more breaks in the meantime. Quality over quantity. That's not going to be the last time I say this in this little uh, 40 minute conversation. (laughs) I'm going to give you quality conversation over numerous episodes, right? And I think that you guys are reacting well to that. So the topic for today, I have quite a few. I really didn't know what to talk about. I went on Instagram, which is my primary audience for now. And I asked you guys on Instagram for some topics. Like, what do you want to talk about? It could be whatever. And I got, you know, about two handfuls worth of responses. Most of them were about dating. Y'all know that's my least favorite topic. So the first one someone asked me, being a man in his prime, he's 39 years old. How do you transition from having fun, living life to settling down? So there were a few things in that question that stood out to me. Number one being 39 in his prime. I hear quite a few people say, oh, I'm getting old or I'm too old for that. Oh, you're too old for that. A lot of people say, y'all, that I'm too old to be wearing My crop tops, look at the YouTube video I have on a crop top now, just like I have on a crop top in most of my videos. 
I stopped giving a fuck what y'all thought about me a very long time ago. <laughs> when you grow up how I grew up, um, kids calling my mama out her name, picking on me for not having parents. And you you grow some really thick skin. I, I really can't think of a time where I cared about what people thought. But I hear. I hear it. I look at it as feedback, right? And I turn it around and I say, you know, what about when you're 83? If you're, if you're blessed enough to make it to that big age of 83, you're going to be like, damn, I was young and youthful thinking that I was old. Y'all better enjoy these youthful days, man. The other side of 35 is such a prime age. You have your shit together mentally. Should. And if you don't, you know that you should probably go see a therapist at this age. <laughs> um, you have your shit together financially. And if you don't, you know what it takes, right? Because none of us had our shit together when we were 21, 22, 23, right? And we didn't know what the fuck it took to get our shit together, right? Now, even if you know had some setbacks in life, even if you are set in life, whatever it is on this other side of 35, you know what it takes to keep what you have and you know what it takes to get what you have. We are really in our prime on this side of 35. So I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was very refreshing for to hear that, to hear someone say, you know, I'm 39 and I'm in my prime. I am knocking on 39's door. I'm knocking night, very lightly though, very lightly, but I'm knocking on that door, which, you know, obviously 40 is right after that. And y'all know I'd be going off on tangents here, but the biggest takeaway from me knocking on these bigger ages is I have a 17 year old son who just turned 17 on Friday. Happy birthday to my son. I love him immensely, and he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, with that being said, kids will remind you that you're getting older. Kids, they ain't got to say nothing. I mean, this was a little baby, a little goober baby, you know. Now he's 17, and it, it just reminds you that, man, you have got to slow down and take take it all in. You've got to be still for a second. So back to the question, 39 in this prime and wants to know how to transition from having fun to settling down. So the next thing that stood out to me is settling down. What is the key word of that? Settle. I don't like that phrase. I don't like that phrase personally because... Why do you want to settle for anything? You should want to be happy. And this is my advice to this individual. You should want to be happy on both sides. Having fun on both sides. You know, you should just change your mindset. Having fun with being single, whatever that means to you. Change your mindset to having fun with one person. I think that that is beautiful. I think that that is my advice to everyone. Don't look at it as settled. So <laughs> women, 
when you're on a date with a guy, when you like a guy, you're talking to a guy and he says to you, yeah, I'm looking to settle down. Does that creep you out? Because it creeps me out. I don't I don't want a guy to look to settling down with me or be on a date saying that he's looking to settle down. It, it turns into an audition. Instead of getting to know someone and also he could just be running game is is that what men think that we want to hear? I don't like hearing it. I just don't like that phrase settling down. I get it. It's just a phrase. And for lack of a better term, we don't know what else to say in that in that, you know, settling down, I guess. I just choose not to say it. I think we need to lose the grip of titles that titles have a chokehold on us. I'm not saying let a man manipulate you into not having a title now. That's not what I'm saying. Y'all know what I mean by that. I just feel like as long as if you want monogamy and he wants monogamy and y'all are monogamous, that's all that should fucking matter. So, you know, settling down, marriage, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, like what are you guys doing spiritually for each other? Next question that I received. I actually have some notes here and they're not in order. This is a question that was asked to me in general. And I just reworded it for the podcast. Are you ready? Because I wanted to title it. Are you ready for your blessing? So if God walked up to you right now and said, hey, you, here you go. And walks away. Are you ready to receive that? Whatever that means to you, whether it's a house, whether it's a husband, whether it's a baby, a kidney, a million dollars. Are you ready to receive that blessing? Do you know what it takes to get ready for that blessing? So let's just say for me. It's it's a few things that God could walk up to me right now. Uh, a steady relationship with my mom. I don't think I'm ready for that. I'm going to be honest with you. And I, I think God has actually. Here you go, Trey. And I'm like, Ugh, you mean to him? I got to I got to do this. I got to do that. Mm, I don't know. Because my mom do be hitting me up. Can you take me to the doctor? Can you do this? Can you do that? I want somebody. And I'm just like, girl, you know, I wasn't ready for all of that. If God walked up to me right now and said, here's a million dollars. Oh, I'm ready for that. And I know a lot of people say they, that they're ready for that. Are you really ready for your cousins that you never met to come out the woodwork and ask you for $40? You're not ready for that. You don't know how to say no. Like I know, how, I know how to say no in every language. No, 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 no. I know how to come up with excuses, man. I got to get my tires fixed. I got to do this. I ain't do this. I got to go do that. Man, I wish I could help you out. I know how to say no in so many ways. My family has prepared me already. It don't matter who come out the woodwork. No, the answer is no. A lot of people not ready for that. You're going to run through that million dollars in about 
six months. It's going to be gone. And hopefully you pay Uncle Sam prior to all those family members coming out the woodwork because you're still going to owe them even when you run out of that money. And Uncle Sam is going to want damn near 40% of that million dollars. So once again, are you ready? Are you ready for those blessings? Are you prepared? And the simple answer is yes. But when I, when I just broke it down to you, are you really, are you really ready for that? Are you ready for God to come and give you a million dollars? Once you pay Joe Biden them all their money, you left with half a million dollars. Wonder where the fuck your money went. You pay off your house, you buy a house. Now you got $200,000. You telling people no, because that million dollars just dwindled in a, in 10 minutes gone. It's out of here. Right? So are you ready for those family members to talk shit about you? Are you ready to be blasted on the internet from family members? And they're going to be putting your personal business out there. When he was in third grade, he used to steal from the neighbor house. And you're going to be like, what? You're going to lose so many people <laughs> in the event that you come up you know, on a big amount of money like that. Are you ready? Most people are not ready for that. Most people are going to be like, yeah, here you go. Just, just to get them to shut up. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Um, yeah. Whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever it is that you need, are you ready for God to walk up to you right now and hand it to you? If you're looking for a wife, God walks up to you right now and says, this, that's who she is right there. You going to stop texting them other girls? I'm just saying. I seen the meme today that said, um, paraphrasing it, but, and I'm horrible with paraphrasing, but <laughs> it said, you need to hurry up and uh, take me serious. And be official because this back and forth shit ain't blowing over well with my other dudes. Okay, so the next topic. Conspiracy theories. Someone that is an avid listener asked me to go in detail about my conspiracy theories. I have mentioned it on a podcast before how... I can definitely talk in detail about, you know, what I think is going on in the world, aliens, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to sound crazy, though, if I'm doing it by myself. And I had a guest that was supposed to come and talk and sit with me and talk about conspiracy theories. And she got nervous. I'm going to get her to come in and sit down and talk with me. Because that's something that I really do feel passionate about. You know, you watch those apocalyptic movies and it's always somebody that knew, right? It's always somebody that knew ahead of time that this volcano was going to kill the whole world. And they was talking about it like in a podcast radio setting. And oddly enough, they die in the movie. And it's like, that ain't fair. Like they knew about it. But anyway... Before the world finds out about it, the world thinks that that person is crazy until the, you know, the shit happens. And then they're like, 
Oh, they went crazy. Anyway, yeah, I'm not going to get too detailed about conspiracy theories when I'm just doing a solo episode. However, the American dream is definitely a conspiracy of mine. I do believe that there are aliens and other shit going on, but the American dream, I wrote a think piece about this about 10 years ago and few people read it. Don't have much of a reach, but a few people read it and they were just like, yo, you should write a book. Your mind is beautiful. This is really good and thought provoking. So I would add that think piece to the website, picturemeliving.com. I would add it as a blog piece. But the American dream is a new form of slavery. Well, to fully explain, just to freestyle explain, the conspiracy of paying taxes is insane. When you think about it, you buy a house, you pay taxes on the house. Then you pay taxes on the land every year for that said house. Then you go to the grocery store, you pay taxes on your groceries. You go to the clothing store, you pay taxes on your clothing. You pay taxes everywhere you go. But if I'm a billionaire, I don't have to pay taxes. I can, you know. Now, if you can't beat them, join them. Trust me. I, I'm i not going to be the one sitting around complaining on these podcasts and these radio stations. And I'm not going to be the Armageddon, you know, buster like I just said. If you can't beat them, join them. I am going to figure out what the fuck I need to figure out. But uh, the American dream of paying taxes is the biggest scam. It is designed for you to settle down. I'm using air quotations for you guys listening on the podcast. It is designed for you to settle into a life, for you to go to work, to work all of these years, 30 years, to pay off a house at an interest rate that, you know, you're going to pay damn near double what you intended on paying for the house. And then you die right after that. And you spent all of this time paying taxes. You don't get to say where the money goes. We're not even going to get into that. You don't get to agree on where the money goes. It just goes where the fuck Uncle Sam decides where it needs to go. Okay. So you spent all of this time, barely got to see your kids. Because you work all day. You sit in traffic. You go home. Your kids are tired from school. Which is my next conspiracy theory. Your kids are tired from school. You're tired from work. At what point do you get to enjoy life? That is where we're going to intersect here on this podcast. Picture me living. I I want you guys to purposely live life, man. I want you guys to document it, take pictures. You're going to need it, man. You're going to need it later on in life when life does slow down and when your knees stop working and you get to stop working and you can't move around like you used to, you're going to enjoy these pictures. You're going to enjoy these memories. We got these iClouds and all this stuff now that you can save things and retrieve them later on in life. But yeah, school, my next conspiracy theory is school is a way to institutionalize you. That's where they teach you the American dream. My son came home one time from school 
four or five years ago to tell me about sedimentary rocks. I mean, he knew all about sedimentary rocks. I ain't used that shit not one time in my adult life. Trigonometry, not at all. Calculus, why isn't there a class on financial literacy? Why isn't there a class on how to not take out student loans, how to get scholarships? There's not a class for that. There are classes for a bunch of shit that you're never, never, ever use in life, ever. You're never going to use algebra. I promise you, you're never going to use it. But you got to learn it because someone designed us to be institutionalized like this so that we can fall for the American dream and go out there and work for 30 years, barely pay off a house, and our family can fight over it after we die, right after we retire. Do what you want with that information. Because if you, if you don't send your kids to school, then you go to jail. I mean, they, they got us in a chokehold here in America. They, they got us in a severe American dream chokehold. And that is a, a huge conspiracy theory of mine. I will post that think piece on the website. Let me know your thoughts on that. This ain't your cue to go and quit your job now. This ain't your cue to go and abandon your kids. And no, no, no. This is your cue to purposely live life, be still, enjoy life a little bit more than you were prior to hearing this, because we're all caught up in this machine, this American machine, whether you're a business owner or not. I know everybody in Atlanta, they own boss. I love it. <laughs> Uh, but you still answer to somebody, you answer to your customers. I mean, your customers are your boss. Like, let's be for real with that. I'm going to get Monet back on the podcast whenever our schedules align. But if you go back to the episode with my hairstylist friend, Monet, egregious hairstylist rules in Atlanta. Egregious starts with an E. Egregious, look it up. I do use big words. I have friends that pick on me for that, but uh, it's getting even more egregious to the point where I don't do anything that requires a deposit. I don't do anything. If in your set of rules, if in your set of rules, it say, I can't be more than 15 minutes. Like, oh, I can't make it. I live in Atlanta. I don't know where the fuck y'all live, but I live in Atlanta where I've seen some insane shit on Northside Drive. I seen a lady get hit by a car, flip in the air like a fucking rag doll and smack on the ground. I, th- I thought I was on pump. Of course, I was clearly late for that gym appointment. You got damn right. Like <laughs> I've seen some crazy shit. I've seen traffic formulate out of nowhere. I've seen clear traffic. I've seen. I've seen a lot. I live in Atlanta. I, and the thing is, when you're late for these things, they give you hell, right? But when they're late, it's no accountability, uh, which is why I stopped getting my lashes done. I had to wait a few times to get my lashes done, but I was turned around for being late. And uh, I say, I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, I'm not finna fight, scream, argue. I'm just not doing it anymore. It's completely one-sided. The only thing that I do now 
is get my nails done. I do my own hair. I do my own makeup. <laughs> I do my own lashes. I do everything myself. I don't get waxes. I don't do any of that. I get my nails done because my nail artists, same day appointments. Uh, if he doesn't have an appointment, he'll let me know when he does have an appointment. And he recognizes that he's late and he recognizes that I'm late. It's never an issue. So, yeah, me and Monet going to sit back down and discuss that because, y'all, everybody being their own boss in Atlanta is beautiful, but it, it is annoying. I, I think sometimes y'all forget that the customer is your boss. Your customer pays your fucking bills and you do owe your customers an explanation, just like I owe my boss an explanation. So another thing that someone topic that a young lady wanted to talk about was women in business. She sent me a reel of a businesswoman in Atlanta that mentioned doing business with men and how it's all good at first. And then when it goes left and she checks that those men no longer want to do business. That is very true. Um, it is hard for people to take women in business series. If men want to have sex with you, they don't really care about making money with you. They just care about having sex with you. If women are intimidated by how you look, they're not going to do business with you. <laughs> it's, it's difficult being a woman in business. Not to discourage the young lady that brought that up to me. It is a topic that maybe we should discuss more as women in business. Not to shame the men and not to shame the women that are jealous. It is more so. And I'm not even saying the women are jealous. I just think that maybe, you know. They're a little intimidation. Uh, how can I put this? A lot of women just don't have confidence. So if you exude confidence as a woman and as a businesswoman, it just brings out the lack of confidence that certain women embody, if that makes sense. And so they would choose not to do business with you. They would rather go to Amazon and get a travel bag off Amazon and support my business. And I'm not going to say that that's fine. I'm just going to say that maybe we should discuss that more. You know, you get to spend your money wherever you want to spend your money. That's totally fine. But we're not going to progress. We're not going to beat up this system, this American dream, you know, if we don't support each other. We're, we're going to stay stuck in it and it's going to be, you know, billionaires at the top that still don't pay taxes. <laughs> and instead of fighting the real enemy, we're fighting within each other. So maybe we should talk about that just a little bit more. And that topic actually makes my skin crawl a little bit. It's a lot more that I could say, 
It's a lot more that I could say. I don't ever want to turn away any male guests coming on the podcast. And I just feel like I have to choose my words carefully. You know, it does bother me, though. It really does. And I found it very interesting that the young lady that asked me that asked me that. Um, I've never talked about that on this podcast. She just really wanted to know my opinion on that. I can't really speak my true opinion on that. Like I said, I have to choose my words carefully. Just know that it's, it's, it's real. We'll just leave it at that. So the last topic is partying fun as an adult. This one was so profound to me that I actually reposted it on its own to get even more opinions because there are no more dance floors. And I get it. When I was younger, I used to listen to people that were older than me. Like, man, these folks getting old. They complaining about the music. They complaining. Uh, what happened to the dance floors? Like, is it really a party if we're just going to stand around and stare at each other? Is that really a party? It's a dick measuring contest now. It's a, it, you could go to the club and see. Let me paint you a picture, first of all. Back in my day, <laughs> uh, let's say 15 years ago, you go to the club. Dudes really want to get up on some ass. P dudes really went to dance with girls and get behind some girls. And get, hey, man, it ain't no nicer way to put that. Now you could go to the club and see. 10 dudes in one section standing around. They are not impressed by the women. They are not, maybe near the end of the night, they, they go on a little hunt. And because <laughs> I people watch. So y'all know I've said this on the podcast before. I'm not going out to date anybody. I do not meet people out. I think everybody that's out in the club is fucking disgusting. I've never. Not finna do it. No. But boy, do our people watch. And now it does turn into a little hunt, you know, around 2.30, 2.45-ish. It, it turned into a little hunt. Let me let me go see who drunk. Let me go pass out some shots, see what I can get tonight. But for the most part, if you see 10 dudes in a section, that's, that's what's going to be in the section for the whole night. And it looks so gay. If I was one of those women that did pass out pussy at the club, it would not be to none of them dudes <laughs> that's 10 deep in the section. That is just so weird. Like, y'all don't know no girls? And why is it 10 of y'all? If it's two or three, that's different. Two or three, it's going to accumulate more people and it's going to be a mixture of women in there that want to sit the fuck down. Because there are no seats anymore in the club. You got to pay to sit down. Is partying really fun? I've met the most sad people at the bar. 
the most sad people. You got to think they done lost their job. They need a drink. They done went through a breakup. They need a drink. They done lost a family member. They need a drink. Friend, friend backstab them. They need a drink. You meet so many sad people at the bar. It is insane. And as an empath, I get sad at the bar because everybody's sad around me. I could, I could pick up on that emotion. And after a few drinks, you know, alcohol brings all of that sadness out of you anyway. It's a, it's a depressing. It is the, the whole thing. Like when you think about it, and hopefully if you're listening to this, you get to be honest with yourself. Hopefully you're by yourself listening to this and you get to say, man, she right about that. Partying ain't really fun as an adult. It used to be, but it has evolved into something that is just, it's not enjoyable. And then if you are enjoying yourself, you get judged. I'm not going to lie. I've done that. I've seen somebody dancing when nobody else was dancing. And I'm like, the fuck? I've checked that in myself. Like, man, that girl having fun. <laughs> Let that girl have fun. Because once I get to dance and I am going to dance like no one's watching. And I don't really care what people think, especially if I have a favorite song. Rich baby daddy come on in the club today. I am swinging my dreads and I am going to be sexy red for the next three minutes and 12 seconds of my life. Another thing is the way that BJs are mixing songs these days, it just, the song be over with so fast. Like, damn, I just got my twerk good. Like I ain't even, damn, the song is, we on to the next song. Shit. It's only a handful of good DJs left. Another thing is the clubs are capitalizing as they should. You know, you got to understand the club owner perspective also, but they are capitalizing off of giving you just a little bit of liquor. I've had the most fun <laughs> at places where the bartender had no bartender license. They were just pouring shit. You tip more, you make worse decisions. You're going to order more food. People, the bar, um, the club owners aren't understanding that. People make way poorer decisions the more that they drink. Cause when you when you count how much I'm I'm drinking, I'm looking at my clock and I'm I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. So I got a few responses to that. One of the responses that I got is partying and fun as an adult. Let me back up. The person that sent it to me is a party girl. Like, I'm not going to lie that that question shocked me coming from you, sis. She's always somewhere doing something, maybe not, you know, a club party, but she's always somewhere doing something and she's always genuinely having fun, too. That's why I enjoy her presence, um, gen genuinely having fun. Is not a show, is not to put on or whatever. So it really made me go into deep thought when she asked me that because I do. What happened to us meeting up and having dinner? What What happened to two homegirls meeting up at the house just to drink wine? I have a whole porch 
I can tell you, I can count on one hand how many times my friends have come over to sit on the porch and kick shit. It's always let's go to the bar, you know, and maybe that's why these restaurants and clubs act the way that they act now, because they know we're going to show our ass. We're going to show up. We're going to go. They're going to get our money. What happened to let's just go get dinner and catch up? You can't even have real conversations at the bar. You cannot. Trust me. Um, Those have always ended bad for me. You cannot have real conversation with your friend at a bar anyway. You're surrounded by sad people. You're surrounded by men trying to fuck. You can't really have a, a girl to girl at a bar. Meet me at the house. Let's go get, let's go to a nice steakhouse and get dressed up and take pictures and just really enjoy the vibe and ambiance. What happened to that? Why did we stop doing that? Maybe that's why clubs have become so oversaturated. Bars have become so money hungry because they know we're going to run there just to catch up. I can't even hear what you're saying to me for it. I can't even take it in because Pastor Troy playing in the background. So one of my uh, party promoter friends responded, which she's completely different. Um, It pays your bills. You know, when it pays your bills, of course, it's exhausting. What pays my bills is fucking exhausting. (laughs) Going to work is exhausting. Not going to lie, like getting the energy to get this podcast done was a little bit exhausting. It is a job now that I've signed up for and navigating through conversation, especially uncomfortable conversation. We just sat through one a few minutes ago. It's a little difficult for me. So I can only imagine how it feels for the club setting for my good sis that she makes the best out of it. And that's what I responded to her. She makes the best out of it. And my advice to her would be to Definitely make more plans outside of the club because even for me as her friend, like, where you at tonight? I'm pulling up. I need something to do. I'm pulling up. And it is hard to get personal conversation. Like I just said, I have to listen to my own advice. It's hard to get personal conversation with her because we're always surrounded by loud music and negative energy, right? Someone else responded, uh, party scene gets old quick. It does. It's always going down. One thing I learned in my twenties is always cut on the radio. It's going down. Like it's always going down. Like you're not going to miss the party. It's going to still be there. It's going to be, listen, I come from a long lineage of partiers. Okay. Granny parties, my mama parties, my brother's party. Like we party my whole family, even the ones on the West coast party. That's one thing that is just not going nowhere, okay? Uh, (laughs) You're not going to miss a party. If you got a big test on Monday, the party going to be there next weekend. Study this weekend. I can honestly say any success that I have right now is because of that mindset. It's going to always be another party. not missing out on anything. People watching. That's what someone else said. It gets old, but I I enjoy the people watch. I love people watching. Maybe that's why I still go. Maybe that's why I still hang out. I thoroughly enjoy people watching. 
like I said, at a certain time in the night, you could see the guys, you know, go on their little hunt. You know, it, that's that's fun to watch. <laughs> it's fun to watch. But I, I, I've also witnessed that in fine dining establishments also. That's another story for another day. Someone said, if you got a drink for it to be fun, it probably really ain't that fun. Boy, did I, boy, boy. I would say I'm offended, but I knew that. <laughs> I would say I'm offended, but I knew that. Uh, I love to party and I love to partake in the drink when I get there. There aren't many parties that I've been to sober. I remember I had a no alcohol February in 2020. This was right before the world shut down too. Man, did me, me and my bro regretted that instantly. Like, why did we sign up for this? If, if we ever needed a drink, it's right now. And we did a, you know, lose weight challenge, no drinking. And I had went out and I was like, yeah, this shit is whack as fuck. I'll see y'all in a month. <laughs> I see y'all in the one. I did not go back to that establishment until I was ready to pick up another drink. Like for real, like it's a lot of truth in that statement. A hundred percent true. If you got a drink, cause you ain't got to drink at six flags and you gonna have fun there. A lot of times I travel. I don't, I drink, don't get me wrong, but it's a limit because I need to be aware. I need to know where my exits are. I need to be looking over my shoulders because I'm in a foreign place and I don't know the language. But I still have fun. But you ain't finna catch me nowhere in nobody restaurant in Atlanta without a drink in my hand. So that is uh, something to think about. That is something to be studied. <laughs> I feel like on the opposite end of that, like... I'm having fun, so I am drinking. That's that's just something to be studied. I don't feel like we should take that statement lightly or we should take offense to it. I know it's a lot of people out there that will take offense to a statement like that. Someone else said people watching, playing cards, or just having good conversation can be partying and fun. Where are the house parties, you guys? Where did they go? Hmm. So I don't have any more topics, but I do want to share some memes that touched me this weekend. Um, I used to do this at the beginning of my recordings. Or my recording phase, season one of the podcast, when I was trying to figure out everything and how I fit into this podcast world and also learning my sound and equipment and all of that. With that being said, I still need better equipment. If you would like to donate the picture me living, I'm going to put a link below. If you enjoy listening, I'm going to put a link below so you can donate. If you would like to get an itinerary, please purchase one at my website. I'll put all the links below. But when I was, you know, starting out, I really wanted to carve my own lane. Think I did a good job at that. Pat myself on the back. Feedback is welcome, obviously. But 
One thing that I try to do then is share more positivity. And I haven't done that recently. I haven't shared any negativity either, but I haven't shared much positive advice that I found or mental health uh, memes that I see. So I'm going to try to do that at least once a month. Let's see. Oh, this is a good one. Sometimes a not yet from God is actually a not with them around. That goes back to my, are you ready for God's blessing? And the world don't revolve around you. It could be you're blocking someone else's blessing. Get out of their way. Allow them to let you go. You're blocking their blessing. That's for a lot of men out there that's that's trying to hold on to women. (laughs) Hold on to women, knowing that they don't plan on marrying them, knowing that they don't plan on treating them right. Move out of the way, because it's a man out there that's willing to do that. It's friendships out there that's like that. You could be holding your friend back from something. Let's see. Oh, I saw this video. So I'm not going to play it on the podcast for copyright, whatever. It's a whole nother podcast, but it's a video about three ways to keep people stuck. And one stuck out to me personally. Watching the news is keeping y'all stuck. It's keeping y'all in a negative mind. Like, what can we do about certain things? Absolutely nothing. Complaining about it. And reminding people how how much the world sucks right now, we we can't do nothing about it. It's going to keep us stuck right here. It's going to keep us stuck somewhere. Comparison. That's another way to keep people stuck. Social media is constantly showing you where you're failing at or where you're not. You haven't reached this level yet or you haven't gone on this vacation yet or You ain't got this raise yet. If you're living in a state of comparison and you're stuck somewhere, just take a break from it. Big advocate of that. So, and I don't remember what the third thing is, y'all. I ain't gonna play the video. But it's the last one. By age 35, you should be smart enough to realize these things. Number one, stay silent. Not everything needs to be said. Number two, silence is better than unnecessary drama. Sometimes saying nothing is saying something. I say that a lot. Number three, if you find someone smarter than you, work with them. Don't compete. Competition is a weakness. What you see in the mirror is exactly what you need to compete with. Not the person next to you. Not a family member. Like You are your own competition. Worry about that. And move on with life. That's it. I wish more people would have that thought process. And if not, I'm going to just keep reminding you guys, you're your own competition. Number four, the family you create is more important than the family you come from. Very true. Number five, your current job doesn't care about you. They only pay you enough to kill your dreams. When you find time in your day to work on your dreams, to work on yourself, whether it's a killer hot body, (laughs) whether it's owning a business of your choice, do that. Work on yourself. 
also. Do not give the man all of your time. Number six, free yourself from society's advice. Most of them have no idea what they're doing. Someone asked me too, what qualifies you to give advice? Well, because I have podcasts. <laughs> what qualifies me is that I lived a, a hell of a life and I have a lot of wisdom in my noggin. However, the most real answer that I can give to that question is because you don't have to take my advice. Once again, what you see in the mirror is your own competition. You don't have to take my advice or anybody's advice. You are grown. You can do what the fuck you want to do. That's what qualifies me to give advice. I'm not always right. I may come up with something that's just funny for the podcast, that's easy to listen to, or I may come up with some well-rounded advice. I get that a lot from a lot of people. They love to hear my advice. That don't mean I do what I say. That's what's so beautiful about advice. A lot of people are winging it. Why do you want to go around listening to what other people are saying? Number seven, influence. Most people drift through life. They have no purpose, no direction, and zero intent. Lead them. A lot of you guys are natural born leaders and you don't even know it. A lot of you guys have a lot of influence. Utilize that. Other people are watching. Number eight, it's better to have one friend who's happy for you, supports your win, encourages your dreams. Other than a bunch of acquaintances who are lazy, self-centered, jealous of your success. So one thing my therapist told me. People aren't always jealous. That is Certain actions does not mean that people are jealous. It could just be that they're self-centered. And it could be that you are in a time of your life where you don't need self-centered people around you. We all go through those phases where this moment right now is about me and I need to focus on me. That goes back to when I said you, you could also get out of other people's way. Because you're blocking their blessing. If you're in your self-centered, just be self-centered by yourself. I've had to tell myself that about other people. Some roles in life, you can't be self-centered. Some roles in life, like motherhood, you know, is, you know, once again, you got to get ready for that blessing. <laughs> you got to get out of your own way and get ready for those blessings because you're not allowed to be self-centered when you are a parent, right? But, yeah, it's not that people are jealous. It's just that, you know, they're dealing with insecurities or they're dealing with their own shit or they could just be centered on themselves in the moment. Or it could be that they're jealous, I don't know. Number nine, you'll be 10 times happier if you forgive your parents and stop blaming them. Because life goes on. Tell you that right now. Forgive. Grace. Be still in the moment. Move forward. Okay, number 10. No one will ever come save you. Your life is 100% your responsibility. 
Number 11, your inner circle should be more focused on money, success, and starting a family. Very true. Number 12, you don't need 100 self-help books. All you need is actions and self-discipline. Are you ready for what God is going to bless you with? That last one is huge with that. Yeah, if you're if what you want is a baby, right? And God blesses you with that. Absolutely get those self-help books. I read a self-help book when I was pregnant that gave me do 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 bullets on what to do when your newborn baby is crying. There was one, I mean, one night, three week old June. I mean, could barely hold his head up. If I don't even think he was holding his head up, but just, man, 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 just crying. And it was like three in the morning. I'm exhausted. Like, I'm fucking tired. Would not stop crying. I had to put the baby down in the bassinet and go take a walk. Came back, took like a 10-minute walk outside. I was so frustrated. I wanted to scream. Came back, picked the baby up. Started over with the bullets. Pat the baby on the back. I'm talking about like immediately burped. Immediately burped. Immediately went to sleep. Did the little smile that babies do. Put his head down and went to sleep. I said, are you fucking serious? I just did that 85. I wanted to wake the baby up. Uh-uh-uh. Because what you're not finna do is go to sleep. <laughs> After we just did all of this. That self-help book did not prepare me for the real life. That baby in that moment did not give a damn about those bullet points. That baby in that moment could not get that gas up and could not communicate with me other than through crying. When I say you have to be ready for those blessings, that's what I mean by that. Um, That night could have turned into something totally different. If I would have kept that baby in my hand in that frustration. So. And postpartum is something that we we really don't talk about as a community. Like we should. We're not passing out information to the younger moms. This is me going on a tangent. And hopefully this touches a woman out there to talk to a young mom and check on her today. and say, hey, how are you doing? You need me to come by? You need me to watch the baby? What do you need me to do? Sometimes unsolicited advice is annoying, but goddamn it, sometimes it's necessary. Because when I tell you those bullet points was in that self-help book, but a mom, a Navy mom had told me prior to even having a baby that I was going to experience that one night, that one frustrating night that you need to go outside and take a walk. That was not in any self-help book at all. That was advice from another mom. So still go get your self-help book. Still go do what you need to do as far as literature is concerned. But also listen to that unsolicited advice. Practice discipline. And you're going to win from there. I've had a, a battle with my camera this whole time. So if you're watching a YouTube video, you need to uh, have some patience with me. <laughs> have some patience with my videos. Thank you all for listening and sharing.
Let me know some more topics that you want to hear. And y'all have a blessed week.